Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Myring, Taylor's on the boards. And joining me today, we are changing up the structure of the show. My wonderful former co-host, Derek, is taking what we'll call an extended sabbatical from the show. He's gotten uh, quite busy with school and needs to focus on that. So Derek is going to take a little break, but in Derek's place, but not necessarily replacing him, because you can never replace him, is former guest Caitlin Argeros. Hello, everyone. Caitlin Ardros, Leanne Cazero on the boards. I actually am on the boards now, but if you don't see me, it's because I can be kind of shy. Well, that's okay. You were on the show before, and you were awesome, so now you get to become Supreme Overlord number two. No pressure. Yeah, no no, no pressure at all. I think, what, what did I call Derek? PIC, Partner in Crime? I don't remember. Whatever it is, I'll come up with a cool nickname for you, too. And also joining us today is perennial guest Mike Salvato. Why am I still a guest? Well, you're not really a guest, but that's why I called you perennial guest. Perpetual guest? One day I will get that promotion. You'll get that promotion one day. Yeah. Well, you'll get that promotion when I become a senior editor. Okay. Yeah, we'll work (laughs) on that. Okay. Okay. I'm Mike. Mike on the boards. You also probably won't see me around, but I'm technically there. So hello to everybody. And so seeing how as we're, you know, changing up our hosts and stuff, I'm also going to change the show a little bit um, just to make it flow a little faster. Uh, In the past, whenever we've done our recent album section, we've sort of listened to each one and then talked about it, as opposed to the main section where we sort of listen to each track in a block of three. I'm going to change it now so we listen to all those recent albums together just to sort of help the pace and, you know, give a little bit more music and not quite divide it up as much. And I think that'll really, you know, keep things moving in a more brisk clip. And our topic today is going to be new beginnings. That sounds hilariously appropriate, right? So, (laughs) but before we get to that, the aforementioned recent album section. So I cheated a little bit. Um, I have not yet reviewed the Divinity Original Sin soundtrack, but I really wanted to get this track in there because I am in the process of reviewing it. Uh, And that's Beyond the Waves of Time. This is, the original soundtrack for that album is actually sort of a collection of songs, but not nearly all of them because there's hundreds of tracks in that game. Um, but this is a really good one that sort of has some great variety to it. Following that, we have from the, ver- the reviewed literally today, the Dragon Dragoon Drakengard 3 soundtrack, uh, The Silence is Mine. I picked that track because it's amazing, and I've wanted to get it on the show for a while. And then following that, we're going to have from the somewhat recently released piano opera Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9 album, Bob Richardson reviewed that for us. And it's a really great album, and this one in particular... I've always found that Man with a Machine Gun doesn't arrange well. That's the Laguna battle theme from Final Fantasy VIII. I've just always found that it's sort of that weird sort of synthetic quality to it doesn't translate well to piano, but in this case, it really did. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Beyond the Waves of Time, The Silence is Mine, and the Man with the Machine Gun piano opera version.
So I have subjected you guys to Divinity Original Sin music in the past, and I don't know why I chose that particular word, because I think the music in that game is fantastic, along with just about everything else in it. And uh, so it, it's sort of cool, because uh, they're clearly inspired by Chrono Trigger, because there's an area called the End of Time that not only looks like the End of Time from Chrono Trigger, but has a pretty similar function in terms of a hub area to get you to, around the world of the game. And uh, this song plays in the End of Time. And it's just, it's very dramatic. And that game has some really interesting stuff it does plot-wise with, like, t the nature of time and stuff. So I, I think that this song supports it really well. It, it gives it, like, this air of mystery and stuff. And uh, I think Caitlin and I both pointed out that that part around a minute when the bass gets really bassy is super cool. Yes, I like it very much. It's, it gets very quiet and then it builds. I, I like songs where it starts, you know, simple and then it starts building on itself. And I liked... How this you've got the bass and then you have these like a little electronica bits that come in and and then the melody comes back and it's all like cool. Yeah, and then you got that. I I cannot possibly describe what it was, but it was like a part that's sort of synthetic. I wrote twingy thing, but I don't think twingy thing is really a technical term. But that's I like that part. It's like a minute and thirty in, and it sort of sort of underscores the part that's been playing before, like up to that point. And I it just the the layering in that song really gives it. A great sense to me. I can't find my words. Well, that's a good indication that it's awesome. Yes, much like all the music in that game. Uh, at some point, I'll get some battle themes on here because they're very cool, and there's a ton of them. I like that song more than I like you right now, Stephen. Because if any, <gasps> wow. for anyone, well, for anyone listening who doesn't know, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but Stephen is really, really good about making me spend money. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I don't know I, how many games I've bought this year because of you. So of course he wants me, people to play Divinity. So he's talking to you know us. Mm -hmm. Of course he has to say, "Well, it's like Chrono Trigger, you know, your favorite game ever." So you should probably buy it. Uh, he's twisting the knife. It doesn't play like Chrono Trigger, but thematically there are some cool inspirations from Chrono Trigger. I know, but between that and. The music I've heard so far, I'm going to end up buying it, and it's your fault. And if you end up buying it, remember, I will co-op the entire game with you. Okay. There are not many fantastic co-op RPGs out there. I, I, I hijacked the conversation on Random Encounter to talk about it a couple times, but Rob doesn't like it, so we mo we always move on. Rob's wrong, though. And it's better than Wasteland. Ha, I could say that here and not get challenged. <laughs> anyway, Dragon Dragoon 3, Dragon Guard 3, this silence is mine. We've wanted this in the show since ever, since it existed. It's sort of amazing. Uh, the singer is Chihiro Onitsuka, and I didn't know her, I didn't place her voice, but a, a quick Google search reminded me that she did the vocals in Castle Imitation, the Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter theme song. I don't even have words for how good that song is. It's so dramatic. It, I, You know, I've heard that game has a really cool story and that the game itself is sort of terrible, which I sort of called that one a couple times, and everyone's like, no, Steven, it could be pretty good. But... Regardless, the soundtrack, it's very different from Nier. And I think that's to its credit because Nier is, it's sort of like the Dark Knight. Like the Dark Knight Rises tried to do the Dark Knight, but like a little differently. And I feel like as a result, it's sort of a lesser movie because imitating your best success is a good way to not live up to it, I feel like. So I like that Monaka did something different with the Drakengard 3 soundtrack. It's sort of, the sound is a little different. There's a, a couple of Nier-like tracks, but it's not, it's in tone a very different thing. I agree about, especially about the vocalist. It's just a unique sound, raw sound to her her voice that I think immediately kind of, you're like, you pause when you hear it, like, wow, I haven't heard that before. And the way that she, 
her voice and the music and the accompaniment. It's all just kind of building from the beginning all the way to the end. It just gets more dramatic and louder. And oh, by the end where she's really kind of booming. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like it, it like grabs your attention. Like it's a long song. It's like a seven minute song. And the fact that it doesn't become repetitious at all, it's sort of like a lot of the Bravely Default tracks that Revo did where you don't run into repetition because the song just has such it has a changing dynamic as it progresses and i think that's really just fantastic it's it makes me want to play the game even though i am 90 percent sure i would hate it other than the story which you know i still haven't beaten near and i hear the story is great in that and i sort of like the gameplay in near so that i would play its follow-up that has crappier gameplay is unlikely although it has dragons i do like dragons but yeah. kingdom hearts has dragons as well so i could just play that Always back to Kingdom Hearts. It is always back to Kingdom Hearts. Yes. There are yeah, a lot I, of games I, that have dragons. I've loved that song since, well, as usual, you introduced me to it. <laughs> I think it was it was either when the Japanese game came out or even before. Like There was a link to it on YouTube or however someone got it. I have no idea. Yeah, I think they released it as a single, if I recall, before the soundtrack. Okay, yeah, but until I could actually get the soundtrack or listen to it like any other way. I would, I'm pretty sure I had it bookmarked at some point. So I would just load up YouTube just to play that one song, like on a loop. I love that song so much. It's, yeah, like we sort of are just going in circles discussing how fantastic it is, but hopefully people agree because I think that is far and away my, it's not the only song of merit on the track, but it's definitely the most memorable in my opinion. Oh, for sure. And then speaking of memorable, The Man with the Machine Gun, I feel like everybody that's played Final Fantasy VIII sort of like, you can go Laguna's Battle Theme and everyone's like, oh yeah, it's awesome. Like, I don't know anyone that doesn't find that song awesome. And Caitlin, don't disappoint me here. Uh, I too find it awesome. Okay, good. We're good. You get to stay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make jokes about that for a while. I, I passed Sorry. the test. You passed the test for now. We'll talk about Kingdom Hearts later and see if you pass the real test. No, oh no, no. <laughs> final exam. It is the final exam. It's the, it's, the, it's the introductory and the final and the midterm. I, 90% of your grade. It is pretty much all your grade. But so I, I said this beforehand, but I really feel like Man with the Machine Gun doesn't arrange well. It's just that that quality of the song that sort of captures that otherworldliness. Like you don't quite know what's happening at first. And like, who are you? Why are you this dude? There are all these people fighting differently that are sort of like your main cast. And it's it's difficult to capture that sort of mystery like the original track does, partially because it's using the PlayStation sound and that's pretty distinctive. But just that do 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 that part has I feel like it's never been done well by an orchestra or by a piano. And I, I I think you actually disagree with me here, Caitlin. I'm not sure we'll we'll talk about it, but I, I I really think it does the intro well, but more importantly, I think it does the main melody better than any other arrangement. Well, I, I actually really like the uh the orchestral version on the uh, uh the liberally thought uh, uh orchestral album that came out i forget the full name of it anyway that had all of the uh arranged versions oh yeah okay right yeah i i think it was actually called liberty fatality i can't remember yeah uh i i actually really love that version but i can agree that the sort of uh trance style of this song can be really hard to translate uh and and you know have it be an arrangement without being just a carbon copy which is why i think i actually did like the opening just because it was so different um it almost sounds kind of dark and dramatic and it's slow and it's completely different from what you're expecting when you think about this track and then it goes into what sounds more familiar and i like 
that that's sort of a, a variation on a theme within the piece. No, I think that's exactly right. And that I think that's why I feel that it captures it so well. Yeah, I uh, I feel the same way you do. Like, I, I don't know where I've heard what. I've heard different arrangements and remixes and you just sort of instruments. You do sort of lose track as time goes on. You're like, where did I hear this version? Yeah, but I I forgot about that version, Caitlin. That that is a good one. But I've heard a lot of others, and it's you know if you're on OC Remix or YouTube or wherever you are, like there's some songs and like oh there's an arrangement I'll listen to that, and I I don't think I found one that really like you said it doesn't it just there's something about that song that doesn't always remix or arrange well, except in this case I like this one a lot. I was actually really thrown off by the intro. I was like, what song is this? Until like the main melody kicks in. But I, I thought, yes, I actually, that was my reaction at first, too. Yeah, I thought I was playing the wrong song. Excuse me, what is this? Yeah, well, it's definitely very different from how you would usually hear that. Yeah, but a good difference. All right, well, let's go ahead and talk about our very appropriate topic for a lot of reasons new beginnings. This was your idea for a topic, Caitlin. So why don't you explain what the criteria was today that I'm going to cheat to get my final track involved in? Sure. So uh, I was thinking I'm new or newish on this show. So let's kind of play with this idea about new. And I was thinking, well, new game. So music that plays when you start do a new game for the first time. So this could be like the title screen music or the opening cutscene or maybe the the first town or dungeon or battle. Anything that's sort of within like the first couple of hours that you're playing where you're still kind of getting a feel for the game and for the, the, the game's music. Excellent. And so I sort of expanded it a little bit to also think about it as new beginnings in the context of the story of what's happening. Sort of like you know, I, we, I would have played it if I hadn't already played the song, but in Golden Sun in the Lost Age, when you get your original party from the first game, the world map song changes sort of to signify that you're coming to the end of this journey. Like things have shifted, people's goals have changed, and it's a new beginning of sorts. So I sort of use that as a thing as well. Uh, one of my picks is from the introduction from a second disc of a game, and that's sort of where everything shifts and it's a new beginning. So I sort of expanded your topic a little bit too, just so I could fit a few of mine in there. Well, that's good, because that's exactly what I did for one of my tracks, too. There you go. Perfect. See? See, I let you cheat. That's the thing. You know, we'll, we'll get to that. Mike says I can't have my last track, but I'm, I'm, I'm cheating. I'm doing it anyway. Anyways, to start with, our first block of tracks. Uh, Caitlin, you picked the first one. Yes, I picked Happy Adventure, Delightful Adventure from Super Mario RPG, which is my very first RPG, and hence one of the reasons why I picked it. It's a good reason to pick it. It's a great song, too. I, uh... Well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it after we listen to it. But And then, uh, Mike, you're up next. Yeah, I actually picked a song. I've been trying to get stuff because I know we always need more Western music. And I've been I've played War, World of Warcraft for a while. So I've been wanting to get a song in here, but never could fit a theme. So this is the intro to the Wrath of the Lich King expansion, although it's the one from the trailer, the narrated version. So it's not technically the song by itself. But, but I, I, you know, and it, it was sort of unusual for me to include something like that, but I actually really like it. I feel like the, the narration sort of complements that song well, because it was designed to be together, you know? Right, right. And then I picked the third track, and this is something I wanted to get on the show for a while from a game that should always be on the show. It's uh, Ring a Bell by Bonnie Pink from Tales of Vesperia, and it's awesome. It's Unfortunately, it's not like Tales of the Abyss's theme song, Karma, where there's a battle range of it. But I just, I really feel like this sort of, I don't know, Tales games always have great vocal intros. So let's go ahead and take a listen 
Coming up, we've got Happy Adventure, Delightful Adventure, Arthas, My Son, and Ring of Bell. Son, the day you were born, the very forests of Lordaeron whispered the name Arthas.
child. I watched with pride as you grew into a weapon of righteousness. Remember, our line has always ruled with wisdom and strength. And I know you will show restraint when exercising your great power.
So I mentioned before that this Super Mario RPG is the very first RPG I ever played, and I didn't quite understand when I was playing it that RPGs were a thing. Uh, this is my embarrassing RPG origin story. I didn't realize it until like I played Final Fantasy VII on PS1 years later that it was like a genre and that Super Mario RPG was part of it. Um, That's how I felt but, when I played Fantasy Star. I was like, wait, there are more games like this? What? I know, you're like, there's more? I can have more? I can has RPG? <laughs> um, so I love, love, love this track to death. Um I'm this actually like, dancing to it right now. It, in my chair. Uh, then it's a good thing that it's only audio on this podcast. Correct. <laughs> so this plays during like the opening montage uh, tracked movie before you, uh, I think before you start a game. Um, and it's just like this, you know, like I said, a montage of various different places you go and things you do. And with this incredibly happy, it, uh, fittingly for the title, oh, happy song with i love the percussion how it just starts off and the the sort of whistles that are going in the background like that yes like oh man it's, yes. it's spacey and i just love it like just it suits the bouncy nature of the game so well yes that does. whole game has an incredible soundtrack though it's like there are games that have great soundtracks but this is a game that soundtrack is great that perfectly matches the tone of the experience much like all the other mario rpgs shimamura is a genius yeah, she is. And then I, when it, I, I sorry, was saying, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was say, so also I love that it works in the main Mushroom Kingdom theme. Like it's awesome. It's so mm-hmm. it's it's thematically consistent. This is an earlier Shimamura work, and she just it's so like I, I can't think of the word. It's well written and sort of really well understood. It's just fantastic. Yeah, while we were listening to it, I was saying um, I, I like the song a lot. I wish she would uh, do some other stuff. <laughs> she's done this other series that i like a lot oh really what is it it's kingdom hearts did you know that oh i've never heard of that you should tell us about it one day moving on so <laughs> i arthas, don't even know where you're going with that yes arthas is bad well he is now well, he used now. to be good it's very tragic like that's so I, I haven't played wrath of the lich king i've only ever gotten level 30 in War, world of warcraft but I beat Warcraft 3 in Frozen Throne, and I always thought, back before Blizzard constantly did the corrupted hero stereotype, that the, his was a really great story because it's a complete arc just in the human campaign. And then in the Frozen Throne, it's like, you remember when Arthas was like a young dude just out being a hero, and then, you know, he gets Frostmourne and gets corrupted. And so, and I think you did this on purpose. It's really tragic to have the vocals where, if you see the video, it's basically the Lich King getting ready to just do evil. And he's sort of stirring the, uh, the his corrupted undead or whatever to you know go and be horrible to the plant the world, and uh, but it's it's the same sort of quotes his father said, uh, if I recall from the ending of Warcraft Three where he has become possessed by Frostmourne or corrupted by it and kills his father and becomes basically a tyrant you know, so it's it's really cool that you have that you know these words that are clearly meant for a different Arthas being associated with him doing things that are the kind of opposite of what they say. It's just proof that Blizzard can really write a cutscene. But we've always known that. And design one. Yeah. Which is, why, which is why I kind of wish the movie would just be CG, because their CG team is just incredible. Yeah, and you know, it's it's not just that the CG itself is impressive looking. Blizzard has always had a great understanding of how to capture of cinematography. Like, 
yeah. even back to like Diablo 2, like when Tyrael first fights uh, Mephisto in the cutscene, it's just amazing. Like it, it was used to be like so spectacular to watch, and they just they up they went up themselves every time they do a new CG. Diablo 3's plot is terrible, but the cutscenes are awesome. Oh yeah, so I love that song, which is why I picked it. I guess I should talk about it. Huh? Yeah, talk about it. Yeah, no, that um, see, I didn't play Warcraft three, unlike you. So my introduction to Arthas and all of that was in World of Warcraft, and I think that's when I started really getting into the lore of the game was because of that. Him and that intro, and I watched that intro so much. It's so dramatic. Like you know me, I, I I can be bought with high drama and dramatic <laughs> music, and this had all of those things. It had like you know Shakespearean tragedy, you know the the super like the drama of the music swelling as he's saying like you know it's 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 such a a dissonance with these like heroic words of like a true king to Arthas who is the opposite of all those things. I just love it. Yep. I wrote such drama. Wow. <laughs> Caitlin. We're never going to be rid of that meme. No, no. Um, so I don't have uh, your either of your background uh, with World of Warcraft. I've never played any of the games, although I, of course, you know, everyone knows WoW. But this is still a really interesting track to listen to just because of how dark and ominous it is pretty much from start to finish. Although I really love the part near the beginning with, I, I, I think it's a young boy singing very kind of very haunting but beautiful melody which is kind of counterpoint to i guess what you're seeing in the uh, in the trailer where it plays because it's in this frozen wasteland and there's not good things happening yeah arthas is getting ready to be a jerk <laughs> he's good at that and then the last track is the one i picked ring a bell which so it's it's two different tracks actually it's sort of like uh hikari or passion from kingdom hearts one and two where there's an English version of the track and a Japanese version where the singer has sung both versions. And then I think you said, Caitlin, Mamoritai from uh, Tales of Graces also has an English and Japanese version? Yep. And they're both very good. I have a hard time picking which one I like more. Yeah, definitely it's tough for me to pick a difference between the two of these, uh, the Japanese and the English Ring a Bell. Back before Vesperia came out, my, my best friend and I had played Abyss together and we're super excited to play through this one, which we never ended up doing, but someday. And uh, so I remember I got on iTunes, they released a single for Ring of Bell, and I had the English version, but then I could find the Japanese version elsewhere. And I, I, I like this version better because I know the words, and I was singing them while we were <laughs> listening. Uh, and just... The, you're welcome, I, podcast listeners, that you can't, can't hear that. You're not welcome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add it in over this. But it's... First of all, this sounds very opposite in tone from Arthas murdering people. A little bit. The the guitar riff is, I think, my favorite part. It's just the the sort of flow of this song just really just makes me want to jam to it, you know? I just love the, the guitar riffs during the particular parts of the song and just, like, all the backing aspects. I wish I had a better musical vocabulary to talk about it, but <laughs> that, like, do-do-do-do-do part behind the guitar at the, at the particular crests is just, like, just, mm, love it. It's a very catchy opening, um, especially combined with the uh, the animation that plays. Where you're, you're, you're. I think it starts off where you see a couple of the uh, party members' faces, and I remember Rita's especially. She just looks so pleased with herself. Sounds like Rita. Um, yeah, of course. Yukari voices her. I didn't realize that. Yes, yes, which is part of why she's awesome. 
but I just, it, it does have a lot of great energy to it, especially it just starts off with the drums and it, it flows really well with the visuals uh, of that, that animated opening. So, and I, I appreciate that it was um, re-recorded in English. It's, it's, it's kind of a fun, fun lyrics to sing along to like you were doing. So I totally understand why. He would it, sing and you know what's interesting is I, I believe this is the immediate follow-up to Tesla Abyss. And I think this was back when Microsoft cared about courting any sort of Japanese audience and was helping fund all the JRP all these JRPGs on Xbox 360, like you know, Lost Odyssey, fantastic. And so the production values on this game were quite a bit higher than I recall them being prior to that. You know, Symphonia had good ones because Nintendo backed up the translation of it. You know, having the re-recorded vocals was a big shift because up to this point. We either didn't get the vocal theme from a Tales game or we got like Karma where they cut the words out of it. So to get for the fact that they had re-recorded English lyrics really showed that Microsoft was sort of putting some weight behind getting this game to another audience. And, you know, worked out well for us. They're, they're done doing that. But, you know, we don't get that anymore. So it's cool. Well, now it's even better, though, because now we're getting the original Japanese opening. Like Bamco's no longer worried about or at least we'll hopefully no longer worried. Yeah, very true. They're announcing Tales games in advance, so you know we're in a different age of Tales games now. Ross and I, my, my best friend and I, always hoped we bought Tales of Legendia because we had read that if people bought that, they would sell Abyss here, and we had heard Abyss was amazing. So you know that's how dicey this was until very recently that we would even get Tales games. Yeah, and then somehow they announced one for Japan, North America, and Europe simultaneously, which I still can't get over. What? Yeah. What magic? What sorcery is this? I know. We, we live in a golden age. Yeah, ring a bell. Great stuff. Mike, you picked our next track. Let's start our next block. What uh, What's taking us in? Um, We're starting with Two Xanarchand, which another song I want to get on the show. And it's really hard to pick because unlike Man with a Machine Gun, I think it does arrange well. And I have so many versions of it. And they're all wonderful. They're all wonderful. But I've been on this uh, Taylor Davis kick since I flew to Seattle to see her show. So... I picked the Taylor Davis version of To Xanarchand. And anyone who doesn't know her, she's a violinist. A, I hate kind of hate the term YouTube sensation, but that's really what she is. Her, well, her YouTube videos are very popular. She does mm-hmm. she does really cool cosplay. She did a last of a uh, cover of the Last of Us theme and dressed like Ellie, and it was really cool. High production values. She and there did, was a clicker. In that yeah, video. there was a clicker, and she looked just about. She there's a face. She makes a facial expression when she notices the clicker. That is, I feel like ripped from my soul because every time you hear a clicker in the last of us you're like Ugh. anyway so that's that and then the next song is from one of you it's Caitlin. mine it's mine it's uh the mass effect theme from the first mass effect for some of you this might be back when mass effect was good but we'll get into that later you're next and then i picked the final track and i went uh, i dug further back into time than either of you and i pulled up one of my all-time favorite intro themes from Wild Arms 2, this is not the, the first intro theme. This is the Disc 2 intro, and it just opens and is just explosively awesome. And let's just listen to it. I, I got nothing right now. So coming up, we've got two Xanarkand, the Mass Effect theme, and Resistance Line. Thank you. 
is one of those songs it's sort of like terror's theme it's well beloved it's probably the most i mean personally maybe other than other world i feel like it's probably the most notorious song from 10 it, it's always been my favorite i love that it sort of accompanies the intro because that's sort of the first time you get a final fantasy intro like that like you remember the first time you played 10 and like you know seven starts with just the sword in the ground it's awesome and you know that you get the the, the prelude beeping along to the title screen final fantasy 8 has that cool little like 
military march of all the characters' bodies like going by in black and white. Nine has a place I'll return to someday. It's great. Ten is the first time you have like this song and voices and people like there's a story happening before your eyes. Like they're like, hey, this is where we're at and you're we're gonna get you caught up. Like it's really cool and this particular version of it, the string arrangement is just amazing. Like, especially, I think it's like right around just about the two minute mark. Just the way she has arranged it is so cool. It gets weightier and more dramatic. It starts up very light and can't say enough good things about how this is put together. I totally agree. I, I, I think, adding a violin in it somehow it, I mean, it's already kind of a, a melancholy ish song, especially with the context in the game, but having that violin just makes it so much more kind of sad to me in a good way, not, not in a it, bad it, way. Yeah. It feels very tragic. And then I also, I love that part you mentioned where the accompaniment kind of builds a little bit and she's no longer just playing the melody. She's sort of playing the melody and, and working in accompaniment together on the violin and it's really really beautiful and graceful how she does it and i think the choice of accompaniment throughout the entire piece is really smart too because it's enough to help accompany her solo violin without overpowering her and helping her her violin without necessarily taking too much of your attention away from her if that makes sense yeah like the violin's still the star for sure yeah 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 i i I really like that song. <laughs> Taylor Davis in general, we just recently reviewed our gaming fantasy album, which is a lot of different games. and Including this one. Including this one. And all of her arrangements are excellent. I think it, it really highlights the right parts of the song. You know, you run into those arrangements that don't highlight the part you love. It's sort of like every Final Fantasy VII arrangement has to get the bridge right or it shouldn't exist. Like, huh. like that do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. That part... If you get that part wrong, don't write your Final Fantasy VII arrangement. I can, I can say that objectively with certainty. And the, <laughs> you know, I think Taylor Davis's arrangements very, very often, if not all the time, know where to emphasize. And in this in this particular case, you know, like that part I mentioned right about two minutes, like where the violin gets a little bit slower paced and a little bit more dramatic and more tragic. And I think that's great because Ten is, one of my favorite parts about Ten is that Ten is a story about sacrifice that actually requires sacrifice. It's great. Yeah, I didn't mean to pick like two like really heavy songs in a row like that. But Seriously. I, I know. Apologize. I like, keep like bringing people down here. Okay, well, well, I already apologized, so now I have to take it back somehow. <laughs> how about we take it back and talk about the Mass Effect theme, which... Yeah. Yes, let's do that. This song just gets more and more dramatic. It builds, but it's very... The first Mass Effect is sort of more, I would say, spacey, electronic. It has these dramatic, brassy parts, but not nearly to the extent that 2 and 3 do. And, you know, you can argue that they got bought by EA and it became more of a streamlined shooter type experience. But this mirrors the escalation of the story in the game really well. Because Mass Effect starts out, it's just like, hey, there's a rogue specter and things are getting bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, Reapers. So I like that this song mirrors the acceleration of the plot in that it slowly becomes more dramatic, too. That's a good analysis. I didn't actually think of it that way, which, I don't know. That's weird. I feel kind of bad now. I'm not a true Mass Effect fan. I didn't think of it that way. Well, you remain um, loyal to the series after I abandoned it with the ending of 3, so you get to be more of a fan than I do. Yeah, so, yeah. I was going to say, I don't want to start, you know, a debate about Mass Effect 3 or or even, you know, 2 going into 3, but it was a really amazing experience for me from start to, like, almost like 
five steps before the finish line. And a really big part of that was, of course, the music. And this theme, this is the beginning. This is where it all starts. And this theme that no matter how many times I listen to it or how many times I start a new game and spend an hour in the Shepherd Creator hoping it's going to turn out right, I never get tired of listening to it. I never get tired of watching it. Even if my Shepherd turns out looking hideous, I love listening to this music and the cutscene that, that follows it. So, what about Shepherd? I'll make the call. I just remember the end of that. Like, the, you know, it's Anderson and Udina talking about Shepard, and it's based on your origins. And mm-hmm. it always ends with, I'll make the call. And it reminds mm-hmm. me of that Sears commercial where it's like, it's so hot. I'll call the store tomorrow. You call now. I'll call now. I'll make the call. <laughs> I always imagine that they're calling Sears to get Shepard. I should go. I should go. This is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. You know, what I also like, too, is this sort of uh, phrases of this theme are carried into two. And I think that's great. You know, know, that's a great thing for two to be doing. But I like, you know, this is a great start to the series. And I agree. It it accompanies it really well. Great song. Speaking of great songs, Wild Arms 2, you know, maybe hasn't aged super well. In hindsight, I feel like there are probably better Wild Arms games like 1, 3, and 4, and 5, which I finally started. But uh, I just adore the trumpet in this song. It's just like somebody went, like, they're going ham on the trumpet here. And it's amazing. It's just, like, you know that gif on the image of the guy, like, putting his hands in his forehead and, like, exploding them outwards and there's stars behind it? Yeah. Blowing your mind? That's the trumpet in this song. And I love the lyrics, too. The trumpet is just amazing. That's my favorite part, is the trumpet, actually. Yeah. I've, you know, I don't play the trumpet. I wouldn't even know how, but I know since it's a wind instrument, it just, it seems like that'd be really hard to play at that pace, but I'm Wait, amazed. isn't, doesn't Narukami play trumpet in Persona 4 if you go in the music club? Yes, I think. So, so, so you do kind of play trumpet through him. Yeah, you know, the Wild Arms series has always made a name for itself from the first one with their, with those anime intros. Like the intro to Wild Arms 1 is just classic mm-hmm. and 2's got a great intro in disc 1, but this song just... It's a really long game, so this really does reinvigorate you when you get to disc two and you hear this. It's like, oh man, like even the color tone of the of the of the cutscene changes. It's very bluish and sort of the dawn of the adventure and animated cutscene for disc one. And then when you get to this, it's like it starts out with the sun setting. Like this is the second half of the story. Everything accompanies it so well. And it also carries in sort of parts of main melody from the original track from the, the disc one intro theme. So it's very cool that it carries it forward. Lots of good things to say about this intro theme. Speaking of lots of good things to say, I picked our next track, and you guys picked one each, too. So I'm a big fan of the original Deus Ex and its soundtrack. It's it's Alexander Brandon, and I think there was another composer involved, and I feel bad that I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, the original Mass Effect theme is sort of like the song everyone remembers. You know, it's it's been redone in, like, the cathedral version later in the game. The original Deus Ex is a great game, too. And Human Revolution has an awesome soundtrack, too, Originally, I picked Icarus from Human Revolution because I think it's just a more mature piece of music than the Mass Effect main theme. But then, just recently, and I think this has been a work in progress for a while, but Nervous Test Pilot, who, if I'm not mistaken, is the composer of Frozen Synapse, which is a really cool PC strategy game that I think just came out on Vita, did an OC remix of the UNATCO theme from Deus Ex 1. And you, So for a little bit of introduction, UNATCO is the organization you work for at the start of Mass Effect. And when you first enter the UNATCO building... It's like, this is where the journey begins. Like, UNATCO is like the root of all the things in the storyline. And so this is a really great arrangement of the sort of mystery and, you know, the, the, the sort of lurking tension in the theme. 
Have I said Mass Effect several times? I think I feel like I've said Mass Effect several times, but it's Deus Ex. So um, <laughs> they just pointed out that I've been saying that. But yeah, so the track's called Neo Nature. It's an OC remix. It's very cool by Nervous Test Pilot. And then Mike, you picked our next track. Yeah, I picked the track, and I was trying to explain to both of you guys like where it plays in the game, and I, I, I know where it is, but I couldn't name the plot development. But this is Our Departure. It's a one of the world map themes from Breath of Fire 2. Game we've never had before. So, and again, I don't remember the exact plot development, which is probably because I played this game in 1995. But hmm, let's do it a lot in 1995. There's some event that happens, and you get a new world map theme, and it's a new, well, it's a new beginning, so to speak. So that's when that plays. And then the third track in this block is from Caitlin. And before you introduce it, Caitlin, I want to point out that I had nothing to do with this selection, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Well, that is, of course, what I strive for, is to please you, almighty podcast ruler. Well, you're, so a ruler. This... You're, you're one of the rulers now, too, so... Yeah, but I'm, like, in the, the new phase where I'm still, like, kind of nervous about my ruling authority, so I'm not, like, taking... Oh, okay, <laughs> so you're not drunk on power yet, like I am. Okay, No, that, that will come later. It might even come as early as next episode. You can say it like Bane. No, that comes later. Now no, is not the time for arrogance. To be uh, fair, rulers see. rulers can still please each other, though. You know, even if you get to that point, you can still please each other. Michael, you, with song you, picks. You, you don't take this in the wrong direction. I'm talking about songs. What are you talking about? Okay, speak. Let's talk about songs. Yeah. Caitlin, what song did you pick from a game that I always like to pick songs from, but have been disallowed from doing so in recent years? Uh, I picked Garden of God, or depending on your translation, Garden of the Gods, from Chrono Cross, which is the title music that plays with that really beautiful underwater imagery on as, the main screen. As you introduce that track, I just want you to be aware, listeners, that you should imagine me dancing to the Persona 4 battle victory theme while she said Chrono Cross, just because that's how happy I am to have it back. And with that simulating imagery in all of our brains... Let's listen to Neo Nature, OC Remix from Deus Ex, Our Departure from Breath of Fire 2, and Garden of God from Chrono Cross.
So the Neo Nature song, first of all, you might be familiar with this if you haven't played the original Deus Ex, because as Caitlin pointed out, and I remember it after the fact, this actually, an arrange of this actually plays when you first enter Seraph's office in Human Revolution, very beginning of the game. But uh, as, a, as a fan of the original Deus Ex, I, you know, it's just, I heard that. And I was like, oh, this is perfect, because it just, it thematically is appropriate, because entering Seraph's office is sort of when you're first entering into the 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 intrigue and mystery going on in human revolution. And so it sort of calls back to the exact, the moment you enter UNATCO. And I just feel like this remix of it captures all that drama. Like Deus Ex is a big story with big ideas. And as the super cool electronic voice says at the end, we are our choices. You know, that's those lines. We are Daedalus. We are Icarus. The barriers between us have fallen. That's that stuff called from the storyline of Deus Ex. Daedalus and Icarus are two important figures in that storyline. And it's very high drama. And this song captures that just brilliantly. I love what it does with the UNATCO theme sort of starting and ending with just the basic unadorned melody and then building it up into this awesome electronic symphony. Yeah, so I, I'm actually one of those people who knows this theme from the the, the Easter egg in Day of Sex and Revolution because I hadn't played the first two before I got uh, to Human Revolution. Um, but I really liked it. I, so much that when I heard it, I was like, okay, what is that? And I YouTubed the original theme from Day of Sex and I was like, this is awesome. So this is, I love this theme and I love what Nervous Test Pilot does with it, I, especially when the uh, the beat comes in and you've got that, that bass working with it and it gets really kind of epic sounding at that point and there's a there's a really cool variation that happens a little bit before four minutes in i think where it still kind of keeps the 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 sound of the theme but it's it's going in different places with it which i really enjoyed and then the other thing i thought was really cool is uh, I, i i guess it's a vocaloid or some sort of synth sound but it sounds like singing throughout the song and you're never quite sure really what it is it kind of oscillates sort of between sounding like real vocals and and something else and i thought that really fits the sort of uh techno sound of the track it's so fantastic that you would point that out that sort of human singularity with technology you can't tell the difference because the plot of deus ex does involve especially the the ending of the storyline involves a lot revolves around a lot about man and machine sort of becoming one so you know and that's the whole thing with the augmentations that carries through to human revolution so that that is captured in the song a i think would make the Remix are really happy to hear that because it does capture that quality of the storyline just through like you're not quite sure if this is a human or if this is a robot. I, I think it's interesting that you – I mean I agree with you that you would call it kind of epic sounding because you don't usually get – I don't know. I, I'm sure there's other examples and people will prove me wrong. But usually when you get a really cool like electronic song – I don't know. I don't think electronic and epic usually go together like a big grand production. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I think it did here. So I think it's pretty interesting that they managed to accomplish that. Must def. Speaking of dramatic, but not not electronic, Breath of Fire. What's the word I want here? H- having played browsing, having played Curtain Call a lot, I've been playing Romancing Saga music, new DLC, and I've always loved Super Nintendo music. And like anybody who's ever loved SNES music knows it has that quality that you can easily tell where it's from. And this sort of, you know, Breath of Fire is sort of always to me at least, has come across on the internet in its reputation as like a well-beloved but sort of second stringer series in the hearts of players. But people who have played them really love them. Like, you know, I've beaten the first one and I liked it, you know, didn't love it. I love Dragon Quarter and someday I'm going to play three and four because I hear they're amazing. But Breath of Fire 2 has a really like, a, I, th- I think it has a, lo- a loyal following and 
this music does encompass to me what I always think about when I think about Breath of Fire 1. So I like it. Two, I mean, at least for speaking for myself, I like two way better than one. So if you didn't like one, I would still play two. Just play the one with the good translation. So with not the, the original. The, with, the, with the more gooder translation. Well, well right? the less bad translation. How about that? Yeah, but I, I like that song a lot. It's very, um, well, again, whatever the event was, I'm sure it was a big moment, whatever it is. But then you get onto the map and you get this like, oh, I need to go do something. I'm inspired now. It's dramatic and new. Yeah, but 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 happy, which is different from my other tracks. Yeah, for once. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm happy that you, you identified it as a world map thing because uh, I not having played this game, listening to this by itself, that was my first thought this that this sounds like a world map theme and i'm happy to hear that uh, my first guess was correct but it's a really I, I like it's short but i like how it moves through the different parts uh i love the sort of almost it feels like kind of like a military kind of percussion that it has kind of moving the pace a little bit and the the flute i guess it would be the verse i guess is really pretty i agree Again, i like that too the snes style flute i do like that so I had the uh, next pick of the block, uh, Garden of God from Chrono Cross. Uh, this was another early RPG for me. It's not my first RPG that had its music composed by Mitsuda. That was, of course, Seno Gears. But I think this was the very next one that I heard him do. And um, I, fell, I, I still think it's one of the best scores for an RPG ever, I yep. think. And I'm sure Stephen would agree with me. Stephen still to this day thinks Chrono Cross is the best sing- is the Single most perfect soundtrack ever written for a game. I think, and I, I don't think I would be going out of my way to say that Mitsuda is probably best known for Xenogears and Chrono Cross at this point. I think that's probably his legacy. Yeah. Like he's done a lot of great work outside of those, but I feel like these two, by many fans, are probably the most complete albums he's done. And well, plus, what game is it that, or what soundtrack is it he did that 14 years later now? People are still asking for an arranged version. Oh, I know. <laughs> you no, I'm sad. me. I'm sad about it too because I want it really bad. But the fact that it's still like we still hope that he'll, he'll do it one day. Especially with Square Enix being, you know, Square Enix music does a lot of arranged albums. I'm like, why is there no Chrono Cross arranged album yet? Get somebody to do it. Hey, so, they did an arranged album for Xenogears. So they did three arranged album for Xenogears. Yeah. So regarding this particular track, though. Chrono Cross has that otherworldly feel that I think a lot, you know, again, I always joke that the Chrono Cross is polarizing and it's only because those people are wrong, but it's, <laughs> it has a very different style to Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger has a very friends on an adventure type sound. It's very dramatic and great, but Xeno, I think Chrono Cross has that otherworldly sort of things that are even farther beyond the can of man than Chrono Trigger is. And Garden of God is such a great introduction to that because it's very ethereal. You know, it follows the sort of the title screen, like you said, Caitlin, where it's just underwater and fish. And it's like, that is such an iconic title screen. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. up that's up there with Xenoblade, like The Last of Us, you know, for more recent examples of just amazing title screens that utterly encapsulate the wonder of that story. That's actually exactly why I picked it. Because I remember, you know, everyone loves Scars of Time and the the thing that plays during the sort of montage movie, if you don't hit start at some point, they're both really good. And I had a hard time picking between them. But this is the piece when I hear it, I'm sorry to see it go. Like, I hate when it, if you don't press start, when it goes to 
Like, I, I love it and I hate it because I love the montage movie, but I hate missing the rest of this song with that beautiful title screen behind it. So that's why I picked it. Good work. I agree. Your your mission, your first day as co-host has uh, successfully gone. Like Yoda, talk I do. Dramatic occasion. But Past I did? Yes, you get to stay because you pick Chrono Cross for your first day. So perfect. Yeah, I, I could talk about it all day. We you know we already know that I can't. You got to rein me in when it comes to Chrono Cross. All right. So our next block starts oh, with you. Oh, is that me volunteering to introduce it? Yeah, I guess I was. That was you. It does start with me. Okay, I went Super Nintendo again. I don't really plan that way, but um, this is someone uh, reminding me of the Japanese name of this game. Tenchi Sozo. Thank you. Okay, I call it Terranigma. So do I. Although that's only because in Europe it was called Terranigma and. Somehow or another, this game was released in Europe in English and still never made it here. Not even on Wii U. Like, not even on Virtual Console. Yeah, we got to get Nintendo to work on that. Or someone to work on it. This is a game that captures that otherworldly thing brilliantly. But we'll talk about it more after. What track did you pick from it? Oh, opening. Perfect. I think that's the official title of the song. I don't know. Well, it's, but it's the opening of the game. Okay. And then I picked our next track. This is Exciting Battle from Valkyria Chronicles 2. Um, this was the sequel to the first Valkyria Chronicles, which only we saw it on the PSP. And I actually quite like the game. It's gotten a lot of criticism, but I liked it. And this is like the very first battle in the game. So hence our theme. And then, Steven, you have our last pick. Yes. So I cheated to get this one on here, sort of. This is from Curtain Call. So, but it's an original song. This is from Theater Rhythm, the new Final Fantasy Rhythm game. And this is a track you unlock. Sorry, it's a it's an unlock spoiler, but this is the series medley uh, and arranged from Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call. And I picked this because playing it, uh, you, when you play it in game, it plays with scenes from all 14 main Final Fantasies that are out at the moment playing in the background. And it's impossible to not... Love Like, if you have ever loved the series, I don't understand how you could listen to this and not be moved by it, because it's such a great tribute to the series. And the reason I think it fits our theme is because we're sort of at this point where Square Enix is having a renaissance. They fixed Final Fantasy fourteen. Final Fantasy is finally coming out. Type-0 is coming out here. They're really... The series is really trying to have a rebirth after the sort of non-start that I think it had with the thirteen trilogy, for whatever reason. You know, even people like that game, but it, it definitely sort of got is getting a reboot now. So I feel like this is a great way to sort of divide up. Like, all right, the next generation of Final Fantasy starts. And this new journey begins with this awesome tribute song that was made specifically for Curtain Call. So coming up, we've got the opening from Terranigma, exciting battle from Valkyria Chronicles 2, and the series medley from Theater Rhythm Curtain Call.
Okay, so first of all, that song is apparently not called Opening, like my soundtrack is, but it's called Light and Darkness, which is a much better title. Also appropriate. Also appropriate, if you've never played the game. You should. It's great. Yes, if you can find a way to play it, you should definitely do that. It did come out in Europe, so if you have a Super Nintendo, well, that plays European games, then you should do that. And if you don't, I have one in my closet and I'm willing to sell it. But yeah, I actually do. Are you willing to let me borrow it? Someone gave it to me years ago. It's like, I don't want this anymore. You want this? I'm like, what? What am I going to do with it? But yeah, I still have it. Wait, the game or the Super Nintendo? I No, it's the it's the European Super Nintendo that comes with like Street Fighter 2. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that's a great song from a great... It It's weird if you're not familiar with it. Like, It's technically the third game in a series, although the three games aren't actually related in any way. And we got... Soul Blazer and Illusion of Gaia. Like Nintendo brought out the second one here, and then Nintendo released Terranigma in Europe and not here. That's such a weird. I wonder. I, I'm sure it's been discovered now why that was the case, but I'm really curious as to why it was never released here. I don't know. I mean, you know, RPGs weren't as big back then here. Maybe they just determined it wouldn't sell. Maybe that's well, we had why... like Secret of Mana and Secret of Evermore, and like action RPGs of that kind certainly weren't unprecedented. No, but then remember. After Secret of Mana, we didn't uh, get the other game, so... The better game, in my opinion, no. I know you love Secret of Mana, but I love the second one. Yeah, so it's like, it that was a common thing back then. It's like, we'll release this game, and then the next one comes out in Japan, and... Eh, never mind. We're done. Anyway, <sighs> great Strange song, times. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it's great. Like, love the piano. And it's this very... Alright, so this is not going to sound as articulate as I want it to, but... So the soundscape. Like, I imagine that this song is being played in, like, a wide hollow place it feels very sort of like the sound is bouncing off of an empty room and i feel like that's intentional because the beginning of this game you start out in the underworld the world has been destroyed basically or the world is gone terranigma is sort of the birth of it's you rebuilding the world and so it's this empty the underworld feels like this empty place it's sort of surreal covered in crystals and lava so i feel like it really that hollow sound is meant to sort of echo the fact that you're starting out with this empty world and you know as the game goes on i think the music does become a little more organic a little more natural because you're rebuilding earth basically and the continents and the mountains and the sky and everything is coming in really great and i think the song has great build-up too that sort of encapsulates that progression uh, that it would be called light and darkness the game starts out in darkness and you eventually bring light to the world it's very creation myth-esque i think and i really like it it's I'm a big fan of Terranigma's music. I like it a lot too. This actually was my favorite out of the pieces that I hadn't heard before when I listened to it the first, for the first time. I, I I agree. Kind of, it, it moves through. It's almost like it, it's a symphonic piece, and it has different movements. And it goes from one theme to another. Um, I think I mentioned it. Kind of sounds like it should be cutscene music, almost like it should be the opening cutscene because it just goes from like a hero's theme to a, a quiet sort of main theme, and then almost sort of like a, a I don't know a holy or a saintly part there at the end with the harp playing. Well, I you think it's a harp. Yeah, like you imagine this playing like as it pans over a Mode 7 world map or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great stuff. Good pick, Mike. Thank Speaking you. of good picks, Caitlin, who doesn't love Sakimoto? We all love Sakimoto. Nobody doesn't love Sakimoto, at least nobody that I know of. Nobody that I like. I mean, hey, yeah. 
if you're a friend of mine, you like Sakimoto. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. And, and to, to speak specifically to this song, um, you pointed out that Sakimoto is often called a composer of themes. He's not a composer of like, hey, I wrote a melody. This is the Final Fantasy VII battle theme. This is He writes themes and then plays on those themes throughout his scores. That's, A, one of my favorite things to be done musically. It makes things feel very cohesive. Final Fantasy Tactics has a distinctive sound that just has all of these themes recurring. Final Fantasy XII has it. Valkyria Chronicles has it. It's just, and that's why Casey Orman's piano arrangement too does such a great job of pulling together those disparate themes because this is music that is very strongly written. This is music. This is this is not written to be simple melodies and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with those. I love them. This is music that's meant to be sweeping. It's meant to be like a film score, or you know, this is meant to create a musical world that goes with these games. And you can always identify Sakimoto's pieces. It has this, you know, he, he's often tapped to do soundtracks for games that have sort of a military aesthetic or a war aesthetic. You know, uh, Evil East games also have him. You know, 12 doesn't have necessarily a military aesthetic, but it definitely has that overtones of war. And this one in particular has like that military march vibe that I love about his stuff. It like it feels like you should be listening to this as a battle march when you're moving forward with your troops, you know, mm, good stuff. Which is fitting that it's a battle theme and it's the first uh, sort of like tutorial we're going to teach you how to play this game battle. The first Valkyria Chronicles did, the, did a very similar thing where the very first battle got you used to the game was essentially a upbeat battle version of the main theme of the game. It's a very beautiful main theme in Valkyria Chronicles, Chronicles 2, which you only... It's, it's on a title screen. You you probably don't hear all of it because you're like, I want to start the game. It's very beautiful, and I love how he's adapted it here to a battle theme. And it's a great battle theme to start the game because it it has lots of energy and movement and you really kind of want to get going with it and i just i love 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 when the main theme starts playing in the refrain and the, the the bass starts to move with it 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 feels like it speeds up just a little bit and you get just that much more energy from it and i love it i can't get enough of it the, the part that starts around 105 when it's like dun 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 like it's just mm, mm. yes i've said that a lot today but that's that's my I don't have words for how much I like it. And then the last track, speaking of I don't have words for how much I like it, uh, the Curtain Call Special Medley, it's... So you pointed out, and I think it's a fair criticism, not necessarily a criticism of the song, but a wish that it had included a track from each game. But I like what it did do, and that's it includes one track from each game at the beginning of each generation. It's got the prelude theme from one, and, you know, all the games, the main theme of FF4. It's got track from FF10, and it plays Blinded by Light, or Lightning's theme. So I love that it captures the beginning of each generation of Final Fantasy in this song. The The video has all of the games, so if you can, definitely go on YouTube and watch a, the video of this if you haven't seen it. It really, it makes you feel warm and fuzzy about Final Fantasy. It's just great. Well, I actually, I like this because uh, they actually released this EMS, I forget what the full name of it is, the, the, they released the movie with the music, I think, as a promo for the game. At least I remember seeing it before it came out here. So maybe it wasn't that the case for the Japanese release. But it was sort of like an intro for me to the game. And then, I mean, it's hard for me, to, again, like like you, Stephen, to put into words just the awesomeness to have all those themes one after the other. The thing I really liked about it was how it intersperses 
the main theme or the prelude of the series with a couple of uh, the entries. Like Seven's main theme is in there, and you hear the main theme of the series, I think, interspersed, and it does it again with Steki Dane from Ten, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I, I love that. That's a really clever way to, you know, link those games, to have those games' themes there and have them be distinct but still link them back into the series as a whole. Yeah, it's sort of like I talked about in my review of Curtain Call where, you know, half of it was just me waxing nostalgic about how much I love Final Fantasy. It's sort of, this is sort of a musical way of tapping into the spirit of Curtain Call. Curtain Call is very much a game that is celebratory. And I feel like this song is that same thing. And that's why, like, I feel like they're in a good place now, you know, with where they're getting that series. You know, they're getting, it, you know, back to the sort of the prestige that it carries. You know, 13 is not universally loved, but not, none of them are, sort of, I would think. But I feel like this is a really good, like, looking forward to the future kind of medley that I like a lot. And a great finale for the show, too, of our topic. Yes, yeah. I agree. It's one of the best like medleys I think I've heard. It that's that must have been really. That seems like that was a lot of work. It's not like you said. It's like okay, we're gonna make a medley of you know the Super Nintendo games. So you do four, five, and six. It's like no, we're gonna do something that covers you know twenty. What is it? Twenty six years now. Twenty many years, more years than I've been around. Yeah, twenty six, twenty seven years of like the history of this thing, and it's it's just great. It's really, I love it in the game or the video, too, because you have, like, footage of all of the different games along with it. And, it's, I and, just, they, and they picked footage from some of my favorite nine cutscenes, so, you know. Even 14's in there, like, the, the Dalamud falling video's in there, and it's awesome. Yep. Oh, goodness. The climax of the song is great, too. Like, in the intro, I love that it's just that music box, and so the 8-bit, like, boo, 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 like, and it sort of builds in terms of the maturity of the instruments used to play it, and, like, the, the complexity goes from, like, just the beeps and the music box and the piano solos to like this sweeping finale. Just mm, mm, tasty. <laughs> it's, it's ear tasty. But I think uh, that pretty much does us for our topic for today. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it. I think uh, good work with this one, Caitlin. It's both apropos, what with you passing on the torch from Derek to you. And <laughs> I think uh, also what with, you know, it's an interesting topic that we wanted to do intro themes for a while. Sort of like when we did our summer chill episode that turned into a lot of town themes. This ended up turning into a lot of intro themes. And I think that's great because we wanted to do that topic for a while. But this is a bit more of a creative way to do it. It's something fun, too, because I feel like, you know, we're getting ready to move into a new year, the second year of the show. And I think this is a great way to sort of transition us into that new frontier. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Caitlin, thank you for joining us. Mike, thank you for joining us often. We haven't we haven't had an episode in a while. It's been, you know, we've been reconfiguring how we do the website, but we're going to be getting back to a more regular schedule. And, you know, if you have any suggestions for the show in the future, we definitely want to hear them. Ideas for topics, things you want to hear. We are going to be planning our Music of the Year episode very soon. I've sort of been poking around some ideas, and I want to, I want to outdo last year or at the very least live up to last year in terms of breadth. So if you've got some audience picks that you want to hear, you know, if, you, if you've got a song you want to hear us play, no requirement. If it's just a cool song that you think is rad, Email me, message us on the RPG Fan Boards. You can get us on Twitter. Any way you get in touch with us, just tell us what you want to hear. Uh, I keep a running list, and it's definitely something that I'd love to do again because that was a lot of fun to sort of have an audience-generated episode. And where can they email us? They can email us at, Caitlin, what's the address? You can email us at music at rpgfan.com. It's so easy to remember, music at rpgfan.com. And if you want to get us on Twitter, you can get at me at sjmtalis. You can get me at lean underscore kazerl. And I'm at Valkyrie Studio, all one word. 
talk to us on Twitter. We love to talk about the, the music. If you, if you have ideas, we got to hear them. So we normally do our guest choice. Caitlin is no longer a guest, but she was a guest. But this is her, her spotlight episode. You're the new one. So I let you pick. And what did you pick? I know what you picked. For once, I know the surprise. Oh, so I, I spoiled it for you, didn't I? Well, you had well, to. Kinda, I had to. You had to. You had to tell me what the song was because it's not available on YouTube. But, but I don't know what it is. Tell, tell, tell me. Introduce the song to Mike, please. Sure. Hey, Mike. Hello. Are you excited for a Final Fantasy Type Zero? Absolutely not. Because, oh, well, you should be because it's oh, I'm just coming kidding. out. <laughs> right click, drop from call. <laughs> so yes, I'm I sure am. we are all excited, and I'm sure everyone is excited about Type Zero HD coming out here uh, March. Is it March 17th, I think? Very soon. Uh, March, yeah, I think it's March 17th. Yeah, it's, it's March sometime. So we're all super excited. So I picked, this is from the opening cutscene. It's Zero by Bump of Chicken vocalist the the vocal theme for type zero this is an acoustic version of the track that plays actually during the cutscene during the opening credits it's very somber and quiet compared to the album version which is very fitting because no spoilers but there's some serious dark stuff that happens in the opening it's really kind of a dark opening for a final fantasy game it certainly is and something sad happens right when this loads in and the the guitar perfectly fits the mood. And then you have Motobo Fujiwara's very unique and raw vocals. I, I love his voice. I've been a fan of Bumble Chicken ever since Karma from Tales of the Abyss. Um, so I was super excited. Like, hey, I get Bumble Chicken in, fi- in my Final Fantasy. Wow. And it's a really beautiful song. So I, I kind of, I watched the opening after the TGS trailer came out because I just had to have more Type Zero and I had to pick this track because of that. It won't disappoint. And you'll make uh, Mac from RP Gamer very happy too because he's an Ishimoto fan. And uh, this is, I think this arrangement is actually done by Ishimoto. But anyways, Caitlin, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you and for having me. In case the listeners were curious, we were planning on doing another episode with Sean Shafiansky. Uh, he's Sean's a little busy now, but we're going to be getting him back very soon to do our secret topic episode, which we haven't revealed yet. So please look forward to it. And for Caitlin and Mike and myself, thanks everybody for listening as always. And taking us out is the opening version of Zero from Final Fantasy Type Zero.
いていかれて探して見つめすぎたから配られた地図がとても正しくどこかへ体を運んでいく早すぎる世界ではぐれないように聞かせてただ一つのその名前を終わりまであなたと言いたいそれ以外確かな思いがないここでしか息ができない何と引き換えても守り抜かなきゃ考えふもとに行こういつかきっと他に誰もいない場所へ